Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Oh, goodness. Hey, could we, uh, could we just stand for just another moment? I just want to, I kind of want to shout and sing and just like worship Jesus for like two more minutes, if that's okay. Jesus, we love you. Just lift your hands. Jesus, we love you. God, you're the one that welcomes us into every opportunity. You're the one that welcomes us into this new year. I I was asking God, I feel like God likes the new year because people actually think about their life and think about their trajectory. He actually comes and inhabits our praises as we meditate upon him. And I just, just right now, I want to invite you just to praise the Lord for just a moment. Just put, put words of adoration on your lips, put words of thanksgiving. If you're like, I don't know what to be thankful for, be thankful that you're alive. Be thankful that you're going to heaven. Be thankful that your sins have been washed away by the blood of the slain lamb before the foundation of the world. He took into account everything. He took into account everything that would ever come against you, and he died, and he was crucified that you might be reconciled back to your father. Just put it on your lips. Like, like give, it, give it some words. If you, if you need to use non-English words, use non-English words. Just, just, if you need to do a hum or a him or a ho, just give a hum or a him or a ho. If you need to give a ha-ha, just give a ha-ha. That's totally fine. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Lord, we just bless your name. We honor you, King Jesus. We just lift your name up high, God. We lift you, Jesus. We lift you, Jesus. Above every circumstance, above everything. (laughs) All that stuff just fades away when we see your face. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Look, a miracle happened. A pulpit appeared. It's awesome. You guys can have a seat. That's, That's amazing. Wow. Can you just thank the band again? I don't know where they went. Just, just kind of give them a round. I, just, I love the band. How many of it's your first time here this morning? Just, just wave at me. just want to see anybody first-timers. Any first-timers? Welcome. Good to see you. We met. Remember, didn't we meet down in uh, San Clemente, right? That was awesome. San Diego. That's where we met. Michelle. Yeah, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Good people all over the place. God's doing such great things in Orange County. Like this women's event that was announced like, is a big deal. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's happened before that 14 churches in Orange County have come together for an event. I don't know about it, but I'm sure it's happened before. But it's kind of a big deal. Like, people are feeling like, wow, we just want to get on board with this. There's something happening. There's a buzz in Orange County, and the buzz, the buzzword is Jesus. The buzzword is Jesus. I have a really exciting, like, word for you. I feel like I have, like, five messages in me. I'm, like, brewing over the top. So I'm going to kind of jump into at least one of them today during this time. And we have a whole other service. If I decide to do another one next service, it'll be awesome. Um, gosh, God is just doing so much. Um, earlier this week, I was out uh, surfing with one of the other leaders in the church. And as we got out of the water, it's nighttime. I like to go surfing at night sometimes because there's no people out there. You might think that's crazy, but I just think it's fun. Um, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. They introduced me. Uh, pastor Jesse was leading worship. Pastor Nicole is the other overseer. And uh, I don't know, I think Pastor Gus and Pastor Jessica. Got a whole little family here that we just have fun with. Like, like we just goof off and have fun. If church and ministry isn't fun, God's not the problem. If life isn't fun, God is not the problem. <laughs> So if you need to make a new resolution, you can start right there. But um, 
we were out, uh, my buddy Jordan and I, one of the leaders here, we were out surfing. We got out of the water, and as we walked over to the showers, we started chatting with this couple that kind of seemed like they'd been living on the street for a bit, and Jordan just starts chit-chatting. We're chit-chatting with him, and Jordan goes, hey, does the name Levi mean something to you? He looks at the guy, and the guy goes, that's my brother's name. He passed away. And then Jordan just kept going. He says, yeah, I just feel like God wants to encourage you. God wants to bless you. And he just kept ministering to him. And, and he goes, hey, do you have some kind of problem with your wrists? And the guy goes, yeah, I do have a problem with my wrist. I was just, and his, his wife goes, he was just complaining about that earlier today. Jordan prays for his wrist. His wrist pops. The pain's gone. Like, he's moving around his wrist. All this stuff starts happening. Like, Jordan just keeps going. He just keeps ministering to these guys. They're tearing up. God's moving. And Jordan's like, do you guys ever, like, have you guys ever experienced Holy Spirit and, like, you know, given your life to Jesus? They go, it's so crazy you'd ask us that. Two hours ago, someone came up to us and prayed with us, and we got filled with the Holy Spirit. They're like, yeah, this girl from New Hampshire that was visiting, she prayed with us. You guys, God's doing something in Orange County. Like, something special is happening. I want you to get recognition of it. Like, if you don't see it, it's just because we're not looking hard enough. It's happening all around us. It's happening all around our nation. Don't turn on the news if the news gets you down. Don't read the Facebook if the Facebook gets you down. Don't go on the Instagram if the Instagram gets you down. Turn that frown upside down and look at the face of Jesus because he's always smiling. He's always filled with joy for every circumstance because the joy of the Lord is strength and overcoming for every circumstance. Why you guys go with me to second? Chronicles chapter 20. Some of you guys have never read Second Chronicles. It's awesome. We're going to read a little bit. Um, we're going to check out a few verses. If you guys have been here uh, different weeks, we, we tend to do like topical messages. Sometimes we jump into like portions of scripture. Uh, sometimes we go into kind of themes and values and series. We honestly just pray a lot and just ask God, what do you want to do? And what do you want to say? And we literally, most of the time, we preach from the expression of God, what are you saying to us personally right now? Because I can only give you what I have. So if you're like, man, I don't know what to talk to people about, just give them what you have. Give them who you are. Give them what God's done in your life. Give them what he's showing you in that moment. You don't have to have it all together. You just have to have him. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a good word. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Does anybody know where that is? It's, it's after First Chronicles. Great thing about having scripture on your phone is you can just click the little top thing and just go right to it. You know, if you forget where something is, you can just read all the chapters and or all the book titles at the same time. Second Chronicles is a history of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. And uh, it goes through kind of like a history of just things that happened with Israel and God's divine intervention with his people. And... Um, I grew up in a church environment when I kind of came back to Christ where they went line by line and verse by verse. And it was really good for me because I learned how to read the scripture and actually value it and just kind of find life anywhere you go in the Bible. So uh, we're just going to read through this here, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. Hey, Ben, I want you to come up here and read this. Could you read this? This is going to be awesome. He was not prepared for this, but it's awesome. Come on up here. I'm not going to call on the rest of you guys. I know Ben, so it's okay. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Go ahead and start reading. How far? There's all sorts of tribe names. I want you to get right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All sorts of tribe names. I can do that. How far do I read? Just read for a little bit. I'll start. Okay. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came 
Then there came some that told uh, Jehoshaphat, saying that there cometh a great I'm multitude. Sorry. Let me change. Let me change out of the King James form. <laughs> He's like, "There cometh." I'll just do that. I like it. We're gonna do a new King James now. We're gonna switch. He, okay. He's happier with that one. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. New King James. Where did we go? There came first. Okay. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is uh, coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar. Perfect. Which is in Gedi? Perfect. Okay. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Go ahead and give him a clap. That was awesome. I like that. Thank you, Ben. Just putting them on the spot. So Israel has been doing okay, but all of a sudden it seems like they're under attack, you know, like these, these invaders come into the land. So the leader of Israel says, hey, let's call everybody together and let's actually seek the Lord for help. You see, if you're having a hard time, that's actually probably the first thing you should do. Seek the Lord for help. Why? Because Jehoshaphat feared. The word there is yare. It literally means to fear or to worship. It literally means godly reverence for one's husband, one's spouse. If you wonder what the fear of the Lord is, the fear of the Lord is that. Jesus defines it as worship. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came together to seek the Lord. Verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all of the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? That is good news. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? God made a covenant with Abraham, said, you're my friend. I'm gonna give you the nations as an inheritance. He gave them all these different promises. The stars of the sky would be as his children. It says that we are the sons and daughters of Abraham in Christ Jesus. All those who dwell in it and have built a sanctuary, this verse eight in your name saying, if disaster comes upon a sword, judgment, stay with me, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is in this temple. In the Old Testament, the temple was a physical place. In the New Testament, the temple is you. Look down, say, I'm a, I'm a temple. Say, God's name is in there. We will cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but you turned, you turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you've given us to inherit. You ever feel like, God's given you something, but there's maybe something standing between you and the thing that God's given you. Anybody ever felt that way? I, maybe it's just me and Pastor Nicole, just the two of us. We've only, only two. Has anybody ever felt that way? Like there's something between. Okay, so these verses are for you. If you're wondering why I'm reading from the Old Testament, it's because you're going to find Jesus right here. 
Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, I love that we had the kids up here, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, and the son of Madaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asap in the midst of assembly. If you guys want to get really fun, you can click on some of those names and you can see what they actually mean. I like doing that. Jehaziel, does anybody know what that, word, that name means? It means one who sees God or one to whom God appears to. The Spirit of God came upon the one whom God appears to. Zechariah means, well, let's look it up. It's so cool. You can do these like right on the spot. You can just like click on the things and it tells you the word. I mean, I'm using blue letter Bible. The son of Yahweh remembers. That's awesome. You can, just, you can just get rocked right there. You could just stop right there on that guy's name and you could just meditate for like two hours. Like God remembers. God remembers his promises that he's spoken to you. Like he remembers them. Just a little bit longer in the scripture and you'll be happy with me, I promise. He said, listen, all of you, Judah, and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Now, if you go on to read some of these verses, right after this, it says that all the people actually fell. Now, you might not believe in people falling in the Spirit in the New Testament, but they definitely did in the Old Testament. They actually literally fell, and the word there for fall literally means to fall. Like Jesus said, I am he, and the people fell backwards. Like a cloud of glory came down on a temple, and the people fell. They couldn't stand. Like you see somebody on TV wave their hand, and people fall over in the glory of God. Like that stuff's normal. That's not that weird. I've seen it happen on the street before. I remember I was in a grocery store one time, and uh, I was ministering this kid, and I said, hey, you were out partying last night. He says, yeah, I was. How'd you know that? Were you there? I said, nope, but God was there. He knows everything about you. Isn't that interesting that God's everywhere, and he knows everything about people, yet he still doesn't zap them? Because he loves them. He zaps them with a different kind of energy, the energy of love, unfailing love in Christ Jesus. So we ended up talking to the young man. I said to him, hey, you want to have a better party? God wants to give it to you right now. He's like, yeah, sure. I said, hold your hands out in front of you. Power God came on him in the grocery store. He started shaking and laughing. He could barely stand up. That's normal. That's what happens when God shows up. If that feels like a stretch for you, you've never heard of that before, read the Bible. Don't judge me. Judge it by the word, okay? This is good. Jessica likes getting happy. This is good. I'm going to read these uh, verses, the last, the last verse, 2 Chronicles 20, 17, in the Hebrew, because it's so cool. You can click on this different stuff. So the first word is literally, you will not need to fight. Set yourselves, stand, stand still and see. The word there literally is ra'a, it literally means appearing, beholding the one who appears. And the word salvation is the word Yeshua which is literally the name of Jesus in Hebrew. I'm just going to read. I just want to get 
I want to get rocked on this together. It's okay we just get rocked by scripture. You guys, you can do this at home. If you don't do this at home every day, we're missing out. Like, we, we can do this every day. Every single day, there, there's literally a whole book that people bled and died for to give us. And it's filled with God's word. If you're not here, I like Pastor Nicole, she says, if you're not hearing God, read God. says, you do not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves and stand and see Yeshua, who is the Lord, with you the praise of Yahweh. Double peace, which is Jerusalem, double peace. Fear not, don't be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against, go out with the face of God before you, the face of God, who is Yeshua. When you see the face of God in the midst of impossibilities, nothing will stand before you. When you see the face of God in the midst of impossibilities, you will enter into Judah, which means praise, and the enemy will literally be confused. If you go on to read through these verses, literally the Israelites went out to battle, and they sent the worshipers out in front. Now, that is a crazy battle plan. Imagine that, like, you know, um, regardless of your political persuasion, you know, America has to go to war or has to fight a battle or something like that. So Donald Trump comes to all the church leaders and says, hey, could you give us your best worship leaders? Could you give us Pastor Jesse Skinner? Could you give us Gus Hamburg? Could you give us Mac Montgomery? Could you give us these worship leaders? And could you have them go out before the guys with the missiles and the tanks and stuff and just have them play their guitars and blow some horns and play a little bass line and beat a little drum on the way out? Imagine that. Imagine what that would look like. It seems like a foolish plan, but the plan of God, it seems foolish to man. But when we partner with the plan of God, when we step out upon the word that he has said, impossibilities bow to the name of Jesus. I'm getting happy. Maybe I drank too much coffee today. I don't know what it is. Destiny's with me. We're having a good party. This is awesome. Steve's happy. We're just, we're just having fun. We're having church, you guys. <laughs> Hold your hands in front of you right now. I just feel the Holy Spirit just touching people. Just hold your hands in front of you like you're, getting, you're receiving a gift right now. Yeah, the gift of Holy Spirit. The gift of praise in the midst of your impossibility. Jehoshaphat bowed his face to the ground. All Judah and all the habits of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. A loud voice rose up. They gave praise. They sent the worshipers out. And as they went to occupy and drive out the enemy, the enemy literally attacked themselves. And they went out there and they just claimed the spoils of war. That's what God's going to do for you this new year. That's what God's going to do for you this new year. You know, life happens to all of us circumstances, pains, problems. But we get to dictate what happens through us to those problems. You know, God sent us into the world not to be overcome it, but to overcome the world. It says in 1 John chapter 5, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory which overcomes the world, our faith or our belief. As we begin to see God in the midst of impossibilities, everything will change. Everything will change.
And God wants to increase the prophetic flow in Orange County. And what do I mean by that? I mean, he wants us to all be like that guy, Jehaziel, who is literally, his name means one who sees God. One who sees God in the midst of an impossibility. Who's the son of God remembers. He literally wants all of us to be like that guy whom the Spirit of God comes upon with a plan, with an intent, with a shift from heaven. I've heard it said that in this great move of God that we're experiencing, two things are going to come together. The Word and the Spirit are going to come together. That literally there's going to be a confluence of people valuing Scripture, but not just valuing Scripture for head knowledge, but valuing Scripture for what Scripture reveals about who Jesus is, because He is the Word. He is the Word made flesh. And valuing the move of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Valuing the presence of God. You see, without God's presence, we go nowhere. But without God's Word without his purpose, without his will and his intention revealed in his life, we don't know where to go. Is this okay with everyone? It says in uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, the people perish or the people are unrestrained. The word for vision there is a Hebrew word, chazon. It literally means divine revelation. It means a vision. It means a dream. It means something revealed from heaven. That's what happened here. A plan was revealed from heaven. A person stood up and announced it to the whole assembly, and they partnered with the plan, and they saw victory. The Word and the Spirit coming together. The Word made flesh. See, the Word is made flesh again every time you follow the Spirit with His plan. This is, I'm, I'm preaching myself happy. Am I preaching you guys happy at all? I'm just, I'm, I'm having fun. I'll, I'll just, Nicole and I are gelling, Pastor Jesse, Pastor Jessica. God wants to increase the prophetic flow, the accuracy, the influence, and the accountability within our community. You know, we can only go as far as we're accountable. We can only go as far as we're in covenant. Jesus said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. That's covenant. There's all kinds of things that come against covenant. There's all kinds of influences that come against unity. The Bible says that we're called to preserve the unity of spirit through the bond of peace. Will you preserve something because it's already been given to you as a free gift? If you feel like you have to work for unity, you're going to have to work really hard. But if you feel like you've been given the free gift of unity, union with God and union with his people, you're not going to have to work. You're just going to live in preservation. I feel like I'm preaching 10 messages, but few people here and there are getting different words. That's good enough. Most of you guys are getting this. All of you guys are getting this. Words of faith. It says in 2 Chronicles 20.20 in the same chapter, the king Jehoshaphat, he gets up, he says, believe in the Lord God and you will be established, but believe in his prophets and you will prosper. There's a connection between believing in what God is saying in the moment to us and prosperity. Prosperity, and that word prosperity, it means prosperity of pocket, it means prosperity of life, it means prosperity of health, it means prosperity in everything. 
There's a connection between partnering with Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of prophecy, and prosperity. You see, that's why Satan hates prophetic utterances. Some of you guys, you may have grown up in a church environment where that's totally normal. You know, people getting up and giving a word to somebody or, or someone leaning next to you and saying, hey, I just, brother, I just feel like I got this picture for you. I got this verse for you. Some of you may not have grown up in that kind of environment where that's normal. I grew up in a kind of environment where that was not normal. Like people would say, that doesn't happen today. Those things passed away with the apostles in the first century. The only problem, even with their belief, was they still did it anyway. I was in a church denominational setting where they, they literally would say, that's not, that's not real. But it was normal for people to go, I was praying for you, Ben, and I just got this scripture for you. 1 John 2.20 says, there's an anointing within you, and the anointing teaches you all things, and there's a teaching grace. Like, like, like people would do that all the time. People would do that all the time. They'd lean over, they would give people words, even though I was in a denominational setting where they, they said that didn't happen. People would get up and preach. They would just preach through Scripture, line by line. But even as they do that, they would say, you know, I feel like there's people here. You know, it doesn't matter what you call it. It simply matters that you partner with him in it. The prophetic has had a profound impact on my life. You don't have to be a prophet to be prophetic. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, it says in Joel 2 and in Acts 2, that when the Holy Spirit comes, sons and daughters would prophesy. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. If you're a guy, don't say you're a daughter. If you're, a, you know, if you're a woman, say it, don't say you're a son. You know, don't get it confused. Just, I'm not going to go there. Okay. Through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we are called sons and daughters of the prophets and sons and daughters who prophesy, who say what God is saying in every circumstance. You see, we can experience the presence of God, but still not know what he's saying because we don't understand his will revealed in his word, revealed through Jesus Christ. How many of us, we, we were in environments where we experienced God's presence, but we were taught that it was God's will for people to be sick? Anybody ever been there before? Well, you know, they just got cancer because God wanted to teach them a lesson. Oh, God just needed another angel in heaven, and that's why little Susie, you know, went to heaven early. Where's that in Scripture? You know, a, a great revivalist, great man of God, um, he has good fruit in his life. He led over a million people to Christ in five years, planted hundreds of churches, went to a city in America and started a healing center in this city. And literally, this city was named by the national government, the U.S. government, the healthiest city in America. They had over 50 thousand documented miracles, miracles of healing. So this man, his sister was sick. Now he thought maybe it's God's will for people to be sick. Go with me to Acts chapter 10. He was upset. He was like, God, why are you taking my sister home? God, why does she have these issues? Go to verse 38, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He throws his Bible to the ground, angry, and it flips open. And that verse that I'm pointing you to, Acts 10, 38, stood on the page, and it was as if it glowed on the page to him. And he read the verse, and it says this, And you know of Jesus of Nazareth, whom God anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And as soon as he read those verses, he says, As soon as I knew 
that God's will was healing and the devil's will was sickness, everything within me rose up to defeat the will of Satan. You see, there's so many things that we tolerate because we don't understand the will of God revealed in Christ Jesus. If you want to know what the will of God is, look at Jesus. He came to people that were sick, that didn't even have faith, and he released healing to them. People came to him that had faith, and they were healed. He went to people that were caught in sin, that were caught in adultery. They brought a woman caught in adultery to him. He says, whoever's without sin, cast the first stone. All the people walked away, says the woman. Where are your accusers? She said, they're they're all gone. He said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. You see, the will of God is revealed in the person of Jesus because God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God, the Father, was in Christ Jesus. God, the Spirit, was in Christ Jesus. The Son of God, Christ Jesus, is our King with skin on. Went about doing good, healing a few people, healing all. See, we can experience God's presence all the time. But if we don't understand the will of the Father, we're going to live below the standard of what he's prepared for our lives. Anybody ever, like, had money problems before? Do you know that wasn't God's plan for your life? You know, as soon as you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you will start entering into the will of God for your life. Why doesn't anybody like me? How come everywhere I go I feel controlled? Maybe the issue isn't other people. Maybe the issues exist right between our ears. I'm preaching to myself too. God gives birth to things through prophecy. An angel comes to Jesus during this Christmas season when we celebrate it. It happened sometime during the year. I don't actually know where, when it happened. You could probably figure it out if you look through Scripture. But an angel comes to, comes to Mary and says, there's going to be a Savior born to you. You're going to name him Jesus. He's going to be called the Son of the Most High. This angel announces a prophecy to Mary. Angels appear to the shepherds. An angel appears and announces a prophecy to the shepherds. Go to Bethlehem. A Savior is born. Glad tidings and joy. God gives birth to things through prophecy. Our words are seeds that germinate in our hearts and germinate in the hearts of those around us and germinate in the hearts of culture. We get to choose with our words what the world around us gets to look like. We each individually are living in the product of our own words. We are living, you and I, are living in the product of our own words. Your life circumstances, your ups, your downs, the things that are going on around you right now are literally a product of our own words or the words that other people have spoken over us, family, different things that we're still believing, that are still playing in our minds because our minds have not been renewed by the Spirit through the Word, the washing of water with the Word. We've been given seeds of faith through the Holy Spirit, through the spirit of prophecy to shift the world around us and the world within us. It's okay, you guys are so quiet. 
Everything that happens in the earth comes through a seed. I don't have to go into, you know, how babies are made and all that kind of stuff, but happens through a seed. Jesus compares the word of life, the gospel, to a seed. And we're called to cast down every argument that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Prophecy teaches us to imagine with the heart and mind of God his desires and our true fulfillment in him for our own personal lives, our families, our businesses, our ministries, and the world around us. Prophecy teaches us how to love, pursue love, and earnestly desire, especially that you would prophesy, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Prophecy teaches us how to love and value those around us and how to have faith because faith works through love that prophecy can actually reveal. Is this okay? I'm kind of reading from my notes. I'm hoping it makes sense. I love that testimony I shared at the beginning of service, how Jordan got the guy's brother's name and, and he got all these conditions about the guy. In that moment, heaven invaded this guy's situation. He's living on the street, but in that moment, he's not just living on the street alone. He's living on the street recognizing that God is there with him. And God sees him. God sees the pain in his life. God sees the pain of a loss of a brother by name. It's amazing what prophecy can do. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am God's sheep. And I hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they will not heed the voice of another. There are many voices in this world, but you know the voice of Jesus. You are a follower of him. When you said, Jesus, I want to follow you, you were grafted into a place of hearing his voice. You know, you couldn't even came to him if you hadn't heard his voice. When I was 19 years old, I went to a meeting. I was there. Jessica Skinner was there. So this is, how old am I? 32. So this was 13 years ago. I went to a meeting. Jessica Skinner was there. This guy prayed for me in the meeting. He said all these things about my life that no one knew. I actually denied most of it. I said, no, 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 that, that's not true, even though it was all true. <laughs> he looked at me. He shared a story. As soon as he shared that story, I started weeping because the purity of the story pierced my heart. He prayed for me. He says, within five weeks, you'll be a strong part of this church. And I was not living in that church. I was living in the world. I was living a destructive lifestyle. I was a practical atheist. I knew God was real, but my life didn't look like it. Something happened through that word. I started reading scripture. And I started hearing God in a very clear way. If you feel far away, start going to this, this book. Stay there. Stay in verses until you get something. That was just for a few people in the room, maybe. Started getting around a culture where people would operate like this. God didn't say, Chris is a prophet. God didn't say, like, any, like, like who cares about any of that kind of stuff? Like, that stuff does not even matter. Jesus is the prophet. If you follow Jesus, you'll start prophesying. Started getting around the culture where these kinds of things were happening. And just a hunger got stirred up in me. I was like, God, this is really real. Just getting around that culture, faith started igniting. And just like Jessica, just like some of the other people around, started seeing things and knowing things about people in the world around me. Started seeing supernatural things happen as I began to speak the things that God was showing me. You're going to see things. You're going to hear things. A lot of things are just for you and God. But some things have to be shared or the world won't be changed. 
There's times to be silent, but there's times to shout. What you hear in secret, shout from the rooftops. I remember going to a meeting during that time, and um, James Edwards and I were there. Uh, It was in Bakersfield. We drove from San Diego to Bakersfield. We still do crazy things like that today for Jesus. Drove from San Diego to Bakersfield, and at the end of the meeting, we're like, man, I just want that guy to, to, to pray over me, the speaker. He's an internationally recognized prophetic voice. If I said his name, you would know who he is. Uh, most of you would know who he is. And we went up to the meeting, and he, and he prayed for us, and he laid hands on us, and he says, I just, I keep thinking about this, this revivalist who was from Costa Mesa, California. Now, I'm not living in Costa Mesa. James isn't living in Costa Mesa. James was from Orange County. I was not from Orange County. This is like, I don't know, 10 years ago. And he says, I keep thinking about this revivalist from, from Orange County, from Costa Mesa, California. And I just see you guys, just youth coming around you. And I see people getting saved. James and I help oversee the youth group at this church today in Costa Mesa, California, where I never thought at the time that I would live. That's amazing. I feel angels just here right now as I'm talking about this kind of stuff. This is awesome. You're like, how does he feel angels? Go in your room and say, God, I want to I feel angels. It'll They'll show up. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> Whatever you value will grow in your life. I got around uh, years later, this, this guy, um, I talked to him on the phone. He didn't know me from Adam. This was before like Facebook was really big and you could get people's details online. I'm on the phone with this guy and we're just talking and he goes, yeah, yeah, you went to Israel before. And I'm like, yeah, I did go to Israel. He says, yeah, yeah, there's, there's something about, you know, you know Michael the archangel is, is like, like blesses Israel and does stuff for Israel. Your middle name is Michael. I said, yeah, my middle name is Michael. He says, yeah, you went to Israel when your mom turned 50. I said, I did the math in my head. I'm like, yeah, I went to Israel when my mom turned 50. He says, yeah, your mom's name is Eileen. I'm like, okay, now we're getting crazy. He says, yeah, once again, they're going to see the God of Israel. He starts giving me all these words. He says, you've been to Africa before. You're going to go again, and you're going to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's never been with. He said, gives me all these words. And I'm like, yeah, I went to South Africa a couple months ago. This is crazy, all these words. He's giving me all these specific words. I, started, I got to travel with this guy. We got to do meetings together. I watched him do this kind of stuff. And I watched, I, watched, I watched him call people out and tell them the address that they grew up, the house they grew up in. I watched him one time where he's in a meeting. It's okay, I'm sharing stories. I'm, I'm so, pay attention to the stories you hear because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Testimonies announce to you where God is taking you. God is sowing impartation through the stories into the atmosphere right now for you to walk in this kind of stuff. God's no respecter of persons, Acts 10, 34. This is not just for special people. This is for us, about a special God. I got around this guy, and he started doing stuff. We're in a meeting one time. We're in Nebraska. He goes, yeah, there's a James here. There's a James here. Nobody responds. He goes, yeah, James from Bellevue, Illinois. Bellevue, Illinois. Nobody responds. He goes, yeah, yeah, three, I'm making up some of the numbers, 322 82nd Street, Bellevue, Illinois. Yeah, all of a sudden, this woman starts elbowing her husband. She goes, Kip, Kip, you're from Bellevue, Illinois. He goes, yeah, I am from Bellevue, Illinois. She goes, your name is James. Kip was his nickname. No one knew him by by James, his real name. Everyone knew him as Kip. I didn't know his name was James. 
Obviously, he forgot that his name was James. God didn't forget that his name was James. God remembers. Zechariah, God remembers. The Lord remembers. Man, I'm getting so blasted. God's thoughts towards us outnumber the sands of the seashore. Psalm 139. If you ask him for some of those thoughts, he'll fill your hands with sand that's more precious than gold, more precious than diamonds that can be given away for the world around you. If you ask him for words of life, for words of wisdom for people, he'll transform the world through you. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we have the mind of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 14, it says prophecy is to build up, to strengthen, and to comfort. Say build up, strengthen, and comfort. If it doesn't do those things, it's not prophecy. You might sense thing, something about somebody. Same thing like you come into this room in the morning and you get here early enough, you'd be like, I sense the smell of alcohol. There was partying here last night. There is an evil spirit in the corner. That's not prophecy. That's a sense of smell. It doesn't take a prophet to discern what the devil is doing. It takes the spirit of prophecy to see what the Father is doing and to manifest his will over the works of the enemy. Uh, We used to be involved with a ministry in Northern California we usually don't say it. It's, it was Bethel. We each, you interned there. I interned there. I thought I was going to live there for one year. I lived there for seven. I just couldn't get out of the place. They wouldn't let me graduate. <laughs> I got held back seven times. Um, they give instructions for the kids when the kids give prophetic words. They say, if it's scary, don't say it. If you see caterpillars, you know, crawling on people in the middle of the night and like, you know, dark stuff and bats around people, like, don't talk about that kind of weird stuff. It's scary. That's not a prophecy. Just because you can see some weird stuff going on around people or you're having a weird thing. You know, if you see that kind of stuff most of the time, the issue isn't with what you're seeing out here. The issue is with how you see right here. Well, that was a good word, Chris. Should I say that again? Should I say that again, Pastor Jesse? If we're always seeing dark stuff in the world around us, the problem isn't out there. The problem is right here. Take the plank out. <laughs> you got a telephone pole in there. Get rid of that telephone pole. Quit trying to point at other people's little, little sticks and little twigs. Get the telephone pole out of your eye. If your eye's full of light, the whole of you and the whole world will be filled with light. Your perspective changes everything. Your perspective. I want to take, I'm going to, I'm still preaching. I honestly don't care about the time. If you get done before me, that's fine. Um, you, could, you could slide out. We'll, we'll dismiss for the kids in a little bit. I'm paying attention to the time. But I just want to take a moment. Just, just pray for a moment because in your mind right now is an impossibility. I want you to speak to it right now. I want you to say, this is changing today in Jesus' name. Just say it. This is changing today in Jesus' name. If yeah, somebody here and you're behind on a mortgage payment, Man, I feel like you're either two or three months behind. This is changing today. We bless you in Jesus' name. Um, close your eyes. Who is that person? Just put your hand up. Everybody close your eyes. I just want to pray for that person individually. I just want to see where you're at. Just be bold. Put your hand up. Everybody's eyes are closed. Yeah, we just bless that person in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We just declare finances come. 
Just declare over impossible situations right now. It changes today. I've seen this happen a lot where um, we go places and people aren't able to have children or they've had all these issues having children and we just pray a simple corporate prayer and um, people like literally come back the next year and they have kids. I did this recently in a church in Orange County, in Southern Orange County. There was a girl that had multiple years had stopped having her cycle. She literally didn't have a cycle anymore. She's like 20 years old. She's Hasn't like that's pretty scary. If you're 20 years old, you want to have a family. That's super scary, right? So she wasn't in the room. She was watching the kids in another room. We prayed for everyone in the room that wanted to have kids or that was having female issues, any type of female issues. We left it really broad. Her dad ran into the room to go get her. He goes in there, says, "Honey, you need to come in the sanctuary because they're praying for this." She says, "Dad, I want to, but I can't. I have to watch the kids. I can't leave the kids." At that moment, her cycle started. Um, I want you to be bold. If there's anybody here that, that needs anything, like, like any female stuff, it could be even cysts or, or anything like that that's female-related, I just want you to stand. I'll give you a few moments to stand. Go ahead and stand up. Anything female-related. We're not going into description of that. There's more than that. Guys, don't be nervous. We're a family. This is important for prayer. Just go ahead and stand. Any type of female. You need, a, you need a breakthrough. Like, don't leave here without it. God will get you while you're sitting, but it's important for you to stand so that other people's faith is not hindered by you sitting. Does that make sense? So I'm just gonna pray. If there's anyone else, just one more time. Okay, I see there's, just stretch your hands towards these right now. In Jesus' name, we curse afflictions. We command all issues to, to, that, are, that are not of God to cease, and we just release the life of God into these bodies. Um, some of you are actually feeling like a, like a tingling and a warmth that's coming up your legs, and it's actually coming on like your belly. Wave your hand at me if that makes sense to you. You're already feeling that. Yeah, I see this sweet girl over there. She's waving that. She's feeling that presence touch her. If you're here and you want that for someone that's at home that's not here, put your hand up. Just you want that for somebody. Yeah, we just release it in Jesus' name. I've seen God do this where people aren't in the room. So I just shared a testimony where they weren't in the room and they got healed. We just release it in Jesus' name. We release it in Jesus' name. We release it in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Yeah, give Jesus a shout. That's awesome. Um, You guys can let us know, you know, privately if you want to. You don't have to tell everybody what happened. Man. What I did just there would be called a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is discerning a need or a situation or something going on with somebody. Does the name Levi mean anything to you? That's my brother, he died. That's a word of knowledge. Something that's from the present or from the past. Words of knowledge can come different ways. You can see them, you can feel them, you can hear them, you could know them. You could just sense them. You could dream them. You could smell them. I I could go into examples of that. There's all different kinds of ways to discern. A word of knowledge helps people feel known and imparts faith to them for what God wanted to do all along. A word of knowledge is not a prophecy. A prophecy is the Lord Jesus is healing you now. See, prophecy, it's actually, that's not even, that's not even prophecy. That's actually the, the impartation of faith in the moment that actually releases the breakthrough. That's testable in the moment. Prophecy creates what wasn't there before. Is this okay? God spoke and the world's created. What happened? The Holy Spirit was hovering. The presence of God was there. God spoke and the worlds were created. 
When we, when we get in the presence of God, that's where we find his voice. And when we find his voice, we can begin to speak the things he's saying, and the world around us will be transformed. This is this good. I keep repeating things, but it's good. We need to hear it. Prophetic words tend to have uh, multiple parts. You may not get them all at once. Um, I, would, I would venture to say a lot of things that you're going to get for people is for prayer. Some things you're going to get to share. But a lot of stuff is just for praying for people. Discernment is not prophecy. <laughs> There's a weird monkey on your shoulder and he's trying to nibble at your ear and he's, he's an evil monkey. That's not a prophecy. There's multiple parts to prophecy. There's revelation or discernment. That's a conversation starter. Then there's interpretation. What does the picture mean? What does the thought mean? What is, what's, what is it for? Then there's the explanation and the application. I don't have time to go into all that. You guys can listen to this another time or study more on it. Um, I'll give you an example of that real quick, but um, I was in uh, praying before a meeting, and I saw a picture of my mom, my natural mom, riding on a swan. And I'm like, that is a really weird picture. <laughs> a swan, like, like a huge swan. And I thought, wow, what is that about? And this kind of impression came to me that it had to do with the last name of a person that was going to be in the meeting I was about to be in. I was in Mexico City. And that the first name was my mom's middle name, which is Mary, and it was like a Maria. So I'm like, that's not rocket science to get Maria in Mexico in a meeting of 1,500 people. But uh, the last name was, I, I didn't know what the Spanish name for swan was, so I actually went to the translator and said, is there like a last name for, that would have to do with a swan? And she goes, yeah, like Cisne, Cisneros is, is what that last name. So I said, yeah, well, so in the meeting I go, is there a Maria Cisneros here? And a woman stands up, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> then I didn't know what to do, but as soon as I didn't know what to do, more came. God gave us birthdays for people in their family. I said, there's something going on. There's been these multiple things and da-da-da, and God's breaking through. The whole family starts weeping. The whole church is crying. People all over the place, people start falling out of their seats. Breakthrough comes into the room. Miracles start happening all over the place. There was a woman. She had tumors all in her breasts. The power of God came upon her, and all the cancers disappeared. She couldn't feel the tumors anymore. You know, 50, 100 people at the same time, waves of God's presence would come to the room, and people would just get bowled over in the glory of God, kind of like what I started with talking about people falling over. 10.38, almost done, I'm landing. Oh, Lord. Words of knowledge are direct information from people's past or present. They're either right or wrong. Don't try to make them right. You can ask people a question. I did it with Tiffany this morning. Uh, Where's Tiffany at? You're over there. I said, hey, because I was praying for you last night, and I, I got this thought that you went, graduated from high school in 2003. And I said, did you graduate from high school in 2003? And you said, yes, I did. And I thought that your mascot had something to do with a cat, so I asked you, what was the mascot? And she's like, I don't remember, and then you're like, oh, the Mustangs. I said, like, oh, you went to Costa Mesa High, so it's the Mustangs. Okay, that's fine. Has anybody else that went to Costa Mesa High? Maybe prophesy, Tim did, maybe prophesy over a few people today. So words of knowledge are either going to be right or wrong. They're testable. Don't try to make them right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. It's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world. You're, you're learning. We're learning. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm just learning. I'm in special ed. I'm learning. No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, if you, if you miss it, just say you're wrong and just say sorry and move on. The point of prophecy is not information. It's love. If 
your motivation's love, it's always gonna be a blessing. If your motivation is to get information right, people are gonna feel like a project. God will still bless people a lot of times, but there'll be times that people will feel like a project. Hmm, I'm skipping through a few of my notes. I'm just kind of... First Corinthians 14, I'm just going to read these verses and land the plane. Go with me there. First Corinthians 14. Go to verse 24. If all prophesy, say all prophesy, and an unbeliever or uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all and he is convicted by all. The secrets of his heart are revealed and falling down, that's so interesting, get this theme here going on, falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that truly God is among you. Verse 29 says, let two or three who are prophesying speak and let the others judge. What does that mean? That means when someone gives you what they feel like might be a word, a scripture, something like, you know, a revelation, whatever it is, individually, it is your job to judge the word. Don't just take it because somebody else said it. You wouldn't take the wisdom of somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. You, like, wouldn't take financial advice from someone that has no money. Typically, right? I mean, they might have good advice, but it doesn't seem like they're applying it in their life. You wouldn't judge positively a negative word if it didn't bear witness with you. Sometimes words might not make sense in the moment. That's okay. Just put it over on the shelf. But if it's not edifying, encouraging, and uplifting, throw it out. If somebody's your friend and they come to you and they ask you, hey, man, have you been dealing with, like, anxiety over da-da-da? Like, if you get stuff like that, go to people one-on-one. Honestly, you getting the word of knowledge or discernment that someone's dealing with anxiety doesn't even help them. What helps them is saying what God's saying over them. I was in a meeting one time, and um, I was in the middle of preaching, and God said, I want you to give a word over that woman. And I didn't know who, anything about her, and I didn't have anything for her yet, but I just stood her up. As soon as I stood her up, I heard the Holy Spirit say, she's a weapon against suicide. I said, you're a weapon against suicide and God's gonna use you to go all over the place and speak to people about wholeness and emotional health. She started screaming and fell down to the ground. She was driving to the meeting that night and she said, God, I'll give you one last chance to speak to me and if you don't speak to me, I'm gonna end my life tonight. Today, she gets paid by the government of another country to travel around and speak to people about emotional health and shares the gospel with people. You see, I didn't need to discern what was going wrong with her. I needed to discern what God was saying was right about her. I'm gonna say that again. I didn't need to discern what was wrong with her. I needed to discern what God was saying was right with her. You are called to judge the word. If words are given publicly, we judge them. Every preacher that ever stands in this pulpit, you, get to, you sit here and you receive them as a messenger of God, as an angel from heaven, as, as, as Jesus himself, it actually says in the scripture. Paul says, you treated me like Jesus. You treat them with honor. You're like, God sent this person to say something to me. But after they're done, take what they said and take it to the word. Take it to scripture. It's okay. We're setting culture. I'm gonna dismiss the kids' uh, might as well dismiss the kids and then we'll kind of break up into groups. What do you think, Pastor? Okay. Um, 
if, uh, if you want to go grab your kids and bring them back in, we're going to break up into groups in just a second and actually minister to one another. Is that okay? Um, I have a few specific words for people, but I'm trying to figure out because I don't want to keep you guys all day. I know you guys, a lot of you guys are like, well, I'd stay here all day. But I want to give people an opportunity if they need to slide out. Um, that's fine. You're not less spiritual if you have to be somewhere or you have an appointment or whatever. But if you feel like staying, that's a good idea. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Yeah, go ahead and grab, just grab your kids, bring them back. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches. If it brings confusion, it might not be Jesus. Let all things be done decently and in order. Desire earnestly to prophesy. When we get into groups, I'm gonna have you guys pray for each other and ask God for encouragement for one another. One of the ways you do that is by asking questions. You don't need to say God says. If you grew up in an environment where that's how people did stuff, honestly, it's not more effective than just saying I feel like. I feel like God's saying. I feel like God's showing me. I got this picture for you. Does that make sense? Allow the word to speak for itself, and then I'm gonna, we're going to have each other judge the word. From this day forward in this community, if someone gives you a word, you get to give them feedback for the word. They need help. We are growing together. People need help. People need mentorship. Sometimes the only mentor they're going to get is you when they give you a bad word. Um. I'm going to model this really quick. Did Pastor Jesse leave? You'll come up too? Who said, who said I'll do it? You did? Yeah, let's, let's, let's flow then. I have a word for Pastor Jesse. Why don't I give you two a word? I'll just wait for him to come back. I'll give Tiffany a word since we're waiting for Pastor Jesse. Go ahead and stand up, Tiffany. I was praying for you last night. Um, this is kind of just modeling what this could look like. Just ask God questions, okay? Uh, let me go to my notes. Whew, feel Holy Ghost. This is so beautiful. I get nervous, and that's awesome. If you get nervous, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Like, like sometimes you get nervous before something good happens. As she's standing, is there someone here that either used to be a pastor or is a pastor that's like visiting? Does that make sense to somebody as well? Just put your hand up. You were a pastor. You are a pastor. I had something about, am I, maybe they're going to be in the next service. All right, I'll just check. I had something about pastor and Andrew. Um, so anyway, let's, let's go to Tiffany's word here. Tiffany Larson. So I, ha- I had this thing, I got the thing of you graduated in 2003, but God says you're graduating again right now in this season. Man. I feel like God's take, this is such a weird word, I feel like God's taking you from the paper room to the storehouse of heaven. I have, it feel like you've done something that's almost like, you've been like doing like stuff that's almost like secretarial work, but God's gonna take you from that to like this place of abundance. You have dreams in your heart that have to come out, that have to come alive in this season. Just stretch your hands towards her because I feel God's so strong. You, I feel like literally my chest is gonna explode right now. Like, like you're literally, you've been crying out like night and day, day and night, night and day. Let incense rise. You've been crying out day and night, night and day for the purposes that God's spoken over you and you're graduating right now, like in this season, in 
in this time, I saw a door standing open in heaven and a voice saying, come up here. God has given you heavenly perspective, heaven's perspective against pain and against sickness. You've been contending for someone. They're like a father to you and they have some kind of issue with their blood. They have some kind of issue with their blood and the Lord Jesus is healing them now in Jesus' name. Like in Isaiah chapter six, I saw a vision of the Almighty. God is gonna come to you with a vision of the Almighty in a way that is very tangible and real. Jesus is gonna appear to you. You graduated in 2003. Does, um, does the numbers like 6-3 or June 3rd mean something to your family or something like, does that mean anything? Okay, so I just, I, I'm checking. This is questions, okay? God said to me that you're, 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 gonna, you're gonna have children that outnumber the stars of heaven. Did I, I may have known part of this. Did you do stuff with like IHOP for a while or something like that? Did you do something with like, for, was it like f- for over four years you were involved? Was it four? How, it was longer than that? You were involved with 11 years. There was something, I kept thinking about the One Thing Conference, and it happens tonight, I think, or it's going on right now, and I felt like for four years in a row, you did something with that. Does that make sense to you? That makes sense to you? Okay. Um, there was something that God spoke to you in your second year. I don't know what this fully means, but in your second year, that was a deep promise, and he says he's doing that. And I, I feel it's so deep in your heart. Like, he's, he's literally, he says, honey, like, such, I'm gonna say the phrase as I'm hearing it. Honey, girl, I haven't forgotten the things that I spoke to you. Like, Sarah, he's faithful, and he's made you a mother to nations. Read about Sarah. I had some other stuff. I'll, I'll maybe I'll give it to you individually. Um, do you want to come? I don't know where Pastor Jesse is. Where did Pastor Jesse go? All right. Um, gosh. All right. Uh, stretch your hands for Tiffany. We just say blessings and honor are before you. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to get feedback. So some of those things you were, you were dialoguing with me, and you are like, yes. So some of those things made sense, but I asked a couple questions, and they didn't make sense. You probably already forgot about what doesn't make sense. But what, did, did some of that word make sense to you? Just like the word itself. Did the word itself bless you? Okay, cool. Okay, awesome, awesome. So that's how you get feedback. Ask people for feedback, okay? Um, I had a dream. Uh, Jessica and Jesse, could you come up, Pastor? And uh, it's... I feel the anointing so strong. <sighs> Stephen, would you come up too? Um, and we're gonna we're gonna minister to Pastor Jesse and uh, Jessica together. <sighs> Man, um, are you able to stand? If you don't, you don't have to. If you don't want to, because you had August. Um, I had a word because I had a dream, Pastor Jesse, for you last night. And so you can prophesy over your friends. Uh, that's really good. If you know people, it's good when you don't know people. Um, Stephen, uh, did you have a did you have like a dream about Pastor Jesse in like the past few days, the past week, or something like that? That's for does that make sense to you? Um, uh, oh, that's right. You did. Um, well, it wasn't Jessica. It was more Jessica. Okay, go ahead and just go ahead and give. That. I don't. We haven't talked about this. This is all on the spot. So go ahead. Uh, so I just had a dream. There's a lot in the dream, but part of it was I just looked over and saw Jessica, and she looked very tired. And then later on when I woke up, I was thinking about it because I was just trying to process with God what it meant. And I was like, wait, was Jessica carrying a baby? Um, and so just like, I was like, I think she was carrying like a baby, like younger than, younger than August. And she looked, and I was like, oh, she's probably tired because she just like, she's caring for this baby. Um, so 
Yeah. See, you don't have to interpret the word. You can just give what you got. That was perfect. Give him a shout. That was awesome. When, when did you have that dream? Uh, this week. I don't remember sometime. Did have it this week. Okay, good. Thank you, Jesus. God's faithful. See, God knows everything about people. We did, did we coordinate that, Stephen? Did I talk to you before, today or anything? nothing? Okay, that was totally, okay. God's here. Um, Pastor Jesse, this is kind of for both of you guys. You can sit, though. It's fine. Um, I had a dream last night, and in the dream, I saw, I love Pastor Jesse. He got his phone out. So you get your phone out when we break up into little groups and do this. In the dream, I saw us at an intersection that, that was like a cul-de-sac at the same time. And the word cul-de-sac is a French word. It literally means the bottom of the back. It literally means the bottom of the wineskin, like, like this new wineskin. And I saw literally this, um, I don't know how to describe it. It was like a power pole that went to heaven. It was, it was this, this pillar, this, this, it was almost like this ladder, this pillar that went to heaven in this dream. And it was filled with water. And you connected um, a pipe to this, this pole and you made water go where it hadn't been before. And firefighters and fire trucks came and they literally came and they said, oh my gosh, who did this? Who did this? And we were like, Pastor Jesse did this. And they're like, we want to learn what it is that you did. And Pastor Jesse, I'm saying this by, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit so strong. God, God's saying he's going to cause nations to come to you to ask you for wisdom on how you built, on things you did, structures you put in place, people you put in place. How did you do it? It's going to start this week, even with phone calls of people from other countries. I see Australia. I see different places contacting you, and they're asking you for information. They're asking for wisdom. How did you do it? What have you guys been doing? What's working? What's not working? What's working? What's not working? And I see the Lord creating this conduit of faith faith, this conduit for the presence of God to come to places that it hasn't been before. Thank you, Father. Because you don't have to be animated like I am. I'm just getting rocked because I feel God's love as I'm giving these words. Um, Is there Christopher Samuel? Does that mean mean something to somebody? Christopher Samuel, Christopher Samuel. Does that mean something to somebody? Christopher Samuel. And... uh, August 28th, is that's, that's a date for somebody, like a birthday or something like that. Does that make sense to somebody? Just wave, wave. Does that make sense to you? What is that? The, the date is your father's birthday. What's your father's name? John? Don or John? Don, okay. That's awesome. I might get you in a little bit. I just want to see if it actually landed specifically. I had a word for the drummer too, but I, I want to break up into groups. So why don't you guys stand to your feet? Get your phone ready, and I want you to go to people in groups of three or four, but I want you to go to people that you don't know. I want you to be bold. If you're more bold, go walk over to people that you don't know. Go ahead and go to them. Go to someone you don't know. Look around the room, whoever you're drawn to. When you get there, simply become aware of God and begin to speak what God's saying over them. Okay, just go ahead and do that. If you need to go, that's fine. This is how we're ending the service. But I just want you to minister to one another. Take, take five minutes to minister to one another, three or four minutes, and then give feedback for what you get. And uh, we'll see you guys next week because we've gone over time. But we love you. If you want to hang around, you can. But um, go ahead and just go to someone that you don't know and release encouragement over them. We love you guys. We'll just get the house music just very light just so people can hear each other. Thank you, Lord.
Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.